0: In this busy Bay Area, parents always need a little extra time and teachers always need a little extra money. What if there is a way to provide both? Announcing old firehouse schools concierge service. We have negotiated a partnership with local service professionals for our parents and teachers. When parents purchase meal services, house cleaning or photography from one of our vendors, a percentage of the service fees go to your child's teacher. Old Firehouse School charges nothing for administration. There are many benefits, but specifically, one, you'll gain quality time for yourself and your family, two, your teacher receives extra money, and three, your child is more likely to keep his or her primary caregiver. You can even order services as a gift for your friends, neighbours, or relatives. Take a look at the service offerings on our website's Concierge Program page.
1: Hello and welcome to Fireside Chats on the Young Mind. I'm Dorothy Stewart and I'm here with Alex Dutton and a very special guest, my friend Judy Van Horn. Judy and I have known each other for about 40 years, we just figured. We actually were in graduate school together at UC Berkeley getting our doctorate. Since then, Judy has been a faculty member at University of the Pacific and Mills College, and Judy's written two books on play and many articles and contributed books too. She is an expert on play, and today she's going to talk to us about grandparents and play. Welcome, Judy. Thank you.
2: After all these years of writing and talking to early childhood folks, I decided, since I was a grandparent, that that was my next love, to write and to meet and talk to grandparents about the importance of play in their own lives as well as the importance of playing with their grandchildren and what it means to grandchildren. Now, how many grandchildren do you have, Judy? I have four grandchildren who are almost two different generations of grandchildren. The oldest ones are 15 and 18, and the youngest ones are 6 and 2. Wow. And when our 6-year-old grandchild was born, I decided it's time. I'm retired now. I'm a grandparent, it's time to have fun writing and talking about the importance of play with our grandchildren. What makes you want to write this particular book? When I talk to grandparents, it's a theme that comes up all the time, and I wonder if you have had the same experiences, that grandparents love to talk about their grandchildren, and when they talk about their grandchildren, I think more than half of what they talk about is playing with their grandchildren, how much fun they have and how they enjoy the fun their grandchildren have and the joy in their grandchild's eye. And that's why I've called it the gift of play. Can you explain a little bit this concept of play? People write about play as having certain characteristics. Some of the common characteristics, especially when they write about children's play, is that play is freely chosen. It's not something that you do for an external reward. It's something you do because it's coming from you, that you are interested, you're engaged, you're fully present, and you're having fun. And I think that grandparents especially like the quality of the kids having fun and they're having fun. I think the same thing is true with play for adults because people are writing more about the importance of adults having time to play with being active outside doing things they like whether it's listening to music or reading or being outside playing volleyball or soccer or tennis whatever and gerontologists are looking more about older people and the importance of play in our lives, in keeping us active, keeping our minds really sharp, and giving us time to have fun. As an early childhood person, and someone who's been a teacher and educator for more than 50 years now, that when we talk about play in early childhood programs, we're also thinking about what children will learn from play, uh, how to enrich the program so that there are developmental and learning outcomes. Whereas for grandparents, the focus on fun is really important because we don't have to always think about what is our grandchild learning from this. In fact, sometimes we get in too much of a teaching mood when we do that. But when we relax, really spend quality time together, and really focus on what the grandchild
0: enjoys,
2: then we have fun and they have fun. And it it's about loving relationships rather than what they learn.
0: That makes me think of the amount of time my grandfather used to spend with me going to McDonald's and the playground when I was mm-hmm. a little girl. And I'm sure it wasn't that long, but I always felt like we spent so many hours there. Where, whereas myself now as a parent and seeing you know that I have a schedule and I need to get dinner on the table and to do these things, like I, I don't feel like I have that luxury of time with my own children. But I am lucky that I have my own parents around who spend lots of time with my own children and they do have that luxury the way that they enjoy playing the piano together there isn't like you said that thing in the back of your mind that oh, i have to teach my child this thing because the way that my mom and my daughter play the piano is fun and light-hearted and my daughter actually learns so many things versus when i play the piano with her i want her to read these notes and follow the lesson that her teacher has asked her to practice and we just end up arguing <laughs> and it's not a fun experience really at all but i'm i'm loving that she has such a great relationship, that both my children have great relationships with their grandparents.
2: One of the joys I've had in writing the book is talking to so many parents and so many grandparents and getting all of these stories. And I've asked grandparents to talk about what makes their play as grandparents different from their play as parents. And one of the themes is just the theme that you've mentioned, that as a parent, you feel that there are certain responsibilities that you're very committed to. And also, you have such a busy life, and that often in big families long ago, kids had lots of different adults they could relate to. And if one was busy, they could do something else with another adult. And I think grandparents are filling that role more and more. And we all want our children to have good relationships with their kids And it's not about competing for who's favored or who has more fun, but that our roles are slightly different. I think that we feel that we're supporting our children Mm -hmm. and grandchildren when we can step in and spend the time that our children Often and don't have.
0: Yeah, I really am so lucky that I do have my parents nearby and my husband's parents used to be nearby also. My mom very specifically takes my children for an evening once a week so that my husband and I can actually talk to each other. And I know that that's something most parents don't get that opportunity to do. And I'm, I'm just so grateful because she realizes this is something that's really important because we are so busy and, you know, both of us working full time and having to manage everybody's schedule. It's it's really such a blessing to have that in mind that she's doing this because she loves my grandchildren mm-hmm. but also because she wants to take care of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes,
1: I'm thinking and raising my own daughter. My uh, father's parents lived next door and. Her grandmother was such a wonderful connection for her and so good about loving nature. I'm afraid I was a little Woody Allenish, you know, nature and I were at two. <laughs> but my daughter is a primatologist, and I think it's largely because of her grandmother who would watch for hours the cats and the deers and the snake, and then we never got bored watching that. So I was just so grateful to Grandma for giving that to Jackie And again. Now she's a person who devotes Mm -hmm. her life to nature. Mm So we need those grandparents to give that attention, just like you say. I have a question, though. My grandfather, mostly his role was to read to us.
2: Do you count that as play or connection? Oh, for me, reading is one of the primary ways that I like to play. And it's just like singing in the shower. I don't sing in public, but I love to sing in the shower. I don't know that I would read to great Audiences of people, and I don't see myself as a natural storyteller, but when I'm with the grandchildren and when we're sitting, reading, cuddling up on a sofa together feeling the warmth of each other. It's just such a natural thing to talk about, to read a book, a book that we'll really enjoy together. And I get lots of great ideas from librarians and lists of great books from early childhood teachers. And picking a book that will be just right for that child at that time Realizing that if the child loses interest, we'll go back to it another time or pick a different book, but that sense that this is something that gives us mutual pleasure, that we're both involved in the story, and it's totally voluntary, and nobody's saying, okay, when you finish this book, you're going to get a cookie or something.
1: So what about telling stories, too? You write in your book, I know, about grandparents being good storytellers. So if you're not a natural storyteller, do you have some hints for how to go about that?
2: Oh, that was a big challenge for me. It took my reading several books about kids and stories and books for me to figure out that there are different ways of telling stories. That telling stories can just be talking about what we did yesterday or last week or when we last saw each other. That that has beginning, middle, end, and embellishments of do you remember when? Or my six-year-old granddaughter now saying, when I was two years old... I like to do such and such. And I realized that's her story. And that when I really listen to the stories she tells or the stories that little two-year-old Jake tells, I'm really encouraging them also to think of themselves as engaging storytellers and kids who are going to like to read and like to be creative with language.
0: I think too that grandparents can be the historians, keepers of the family history. And so much of the stories, like you said, doesn't ha- they don't have to be these really important events, but just what did you do when you were a little girl? What did you play with when you were five years old? And my children love hearing the story of when my husband would get in trouble with his dad yes. at I dinner know. time. And I don't know how many times they've asked to rehear that story of, you know, Halabiji, tell us what you used to say to Papa when he wouldn't eat his dinner. And that's just become a story that they like to hear. And it's what's wonderful that they have the sense of history too, that their parents at one point were little and that their grandparents had these lives too.
2: That's a great example about how we can continue that oral tradition of parents and grandparents having the oral history of their family and talking talking about what they like to do. In fact, thinking about what you like to do, what your parents like to do, the games your parents played, or the games that they invented. That's the kind of really living play that we want to recapture.
1: What about if you're just a talking grandparent? (laughs) You like to talk to your children, your grandchildren. Is there
2: any value in that? Could you give an example? Because that's such an important thing that not every grandparent is an active running after a kid on a bicycle grandparent. Mm -hmm. And that many of us, especially people like me, as I get older, I'm less active and I'm more likely to just be a listener and a talker. Is that good for the relationship? I think that any time when we're in relationship, we are really listening to each other, looking at each other feeling each other move, being in synchrony, whether it's in physical synchrony or just the synchrony of our language. An example with my two-year-old grandchild last week was he, Jake loves to watch workers work, whether they're building a house on the next block or repairing the road or last week repairing the playground that the kids love to go to. And he spent 40 minutes watching workers putting down the new surface so that it would be safe place for kids to run. I, frankly, lost interest after the first five minutes, but I was so engaged in standing there with him, his holding my hand, and just talking about, look what they were doing. And he would tell me what he saw them doing. And I would realize, oh, no, here's just, we're talking about sort of everyday things. And that's when you think about our connections as adults and making friendships, it's all about that exchange of just... Those incidental conversations that we have that really builds closeness yeah. and those
0: shared experiences. Yes, too. it yes.
1: reminds me of attunement yes. with, uh, with yes.
2: toddlers
0: that we yes. talk about
1: all the time. Being able to attune. How about with a pre-verbal child? Are conversations important to
2: them also? I feel that we play with and talk to our children from when they are and grandchildren from when they're newborns. And when you think about the little games that people play, just the rocking game. When I see a grandparent with a new newborn or parents with a newborn rocking. Usually they're humming a tune or saying some little words or just reciting something or just, you know, hey, Do you want me to rock you? Oh, let's do this or let's do that. And in fact, in those very early conversations, it's the adult who has the conversation. The adult is modeling how conversations work. When I see a parent or grandparent with a newborn, or in the first few months, they're actually saying both sides of the conversation. Do you want me to rock you? Yes, look at you. You're smiling. Let's try rocking you more. Oh, they're taking both sides. And eventually the child, by that social smile that lights up at about four months, is non-verbally giving you those messages. And then later on, it becomes verbal as the child becomes a toddler and says two or three word expressive sentences. Like, look, airplane, go whatever it is, that we start having these longer sentences and the child realizes that we're not just listening, but we're just listening with such rapt attention and frankly, admiration. <laughs> Grandparents remember their children and going through this with their children. And it's such a special, special gift and pleasure to see that with grandchildren. And then we also appreciate what our children are doing as parents and the important role that they're playing, and also that they have such an important role as a parent, and that we can appreciate our children and their hard work at the the same time that we appreciate our grandchildren.
0: Is that the big lesson that you're kind of learning as a grandparent that you have these kind of multi-level experiences where you remember your own parenting moments and now you're seeing the child you parented be a parent? Oh yeah. How does that feel? Like what is that like?
2: It's very rewarding for me but I'm hoping too that it's very rewarding for my son and daughter, to hear from me that I think they're great parents and they're different parents than I was. And sometimes our styles are really different or our expectations are different, but I really appreciate them so much more when I see them engaging.
0: Oh, that's really lovely.
1: Is there any other message you'd like to put out there in the world at this time, Judy?
2: Actually, there are three messages, so I'll make okay. it short. Okay. I won't make it, them into long stories. Okay. First, I really appreciate the opportunity to come here and talk about grandparenting, because obviously that's something that is really important in my life and the lives of many of my friends. Secondly, for me, I think the more grandparent figures a child has in their lives, the richer their experiences will be. And it's also great, I think, for parents to realize it doesn't have to be a biological grandparent. But many kids, including my kids and grandchildren, have different, quote, we call them honorary grandparents. You know, people talk about the name, we have neighbors down the street who really have the same playful older neighbors with time who have playful relationships with grandchildren who come over and or take a kid to the park. And I really, I appreciated that as a parent, and I appreciate that my grandchildren have multiple people like that who really care and love them and enjoy playing with them. And the last point is about the important role of this unscheduled, unstructured Play in children's lives. That when we talk to people, adults, about what they remember from their childhood, while many of us remember different lessons we had or things that were adult structured, we remember the joy we took in having free time for spontaneous play. And since grandparents today are often the people with time, that is a very special role of grandparents. And the gift of play is really the gift of spontaneous sometimes boisterous sometimes quiet play with children that doesn't have an outcome or an expectation
1: so judy's book again is the gift of play she's expect to see that on the bookshelves in about a year and judy we can't wait for that thank you so much and thank thank you and thank you alex and goodbye everyone thank you bye